If you have your Bibles with you, to turn to the Gospel of St. John, if you would. We're going to be in the fifth chapter of, of John. If it's the Lord's will, that's where He's got me at today. Uh, uh, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, if you've read John, and you've read John, and you've read John, and you've read John, uh, you still fall short of trying to understand what John's all about. Uh, John, in, in his book here, has a closeness with Christ. And it's just sort of like best buddies, if you would, Brother Ray. Uh, and you can see that in his writings, telling us about what Jesus did and, and, and how Jesus uh, acted toward everybody that was around him. So we're going to be in the fifth chapter of the book of John, and, and, and we're going to be looking at about the pool of Bethesda. Uh, we're going to be talking about the lame man that was sitting by that pool. So if you would, please stand in reading a reverence of God's Word if you're able. If not, we understand, and God does too. We're going to be reading 1 through 16, and we're going to see what the Lord wants to show us here this morning. Amen? In the fifth chapter of the book of St. John, it reads as follows. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these laid a great multitude of impotent folk, and a blind and halt and withered, and, and waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and, and whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made hold of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And Jesus said unto him, Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. And he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, for while I am coming, another and step down before me. Jesus saith to him, Rise, and take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and he took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, and He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto them, Take up thy bed and walk? And he said, He was healed, wist not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away from the multitude, being in that place. And afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple. After that Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said to him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Father, thank you for the reading of your scripture and your word. I pray that we can apply it to our hearts and, and be able to understand just exactly what that man seen on that very day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thirty and eight years that man sat beside that pool. 
Now, I did a little research on uh, the, the confirmation, if you would, of the angel that came down and, and stirred up the water. Uh, that is not a proven fact or is not a proven fact. Either way, they believed in that. The people that was around that pool, every time the water was troubled, they, they believed wholeheartedly. Their faith was strong enough that when that water got troubled, if they could just be the first one into that water, they could be made whole. They could be healed of whatever sickness that they had. And can you imagine the multitude of people that was gathered around that pool of water, if you would, uh, and knowing that uh, waiting for every aching minute of every waking hour, every single day of every single week, waiting for that water to be stirred up, just to be the first one to get in there and be healed of the illness. That man had been a cripple for 38 years. He said he'd sit outside that pool. But Jesus seen him that day. And he knew that this man had a need knowing that even though his faith was so strong that there'd be no way he could get there first because he told Jesus, listen, I have nobody to help me. When that water's troubled, I have nobody to pick me up and, and, and take me and set me down into that pool. Uh, I don't have that luxury. Uh, uh, so I, I just, there's no way I can be healed. But Jesus seen his heart. And he asked him, Would thou be made whole? Is that, that, is that your desire to be made whole? In other words, uh, is it your desire to be able to walk uh, once in your life or again, whatever case it may be. But the simple and the bottom line is this, church. Do you want to be forgiven of your sins? See, that's what this story is all about. It ain't got anything to do with a lame person or a person that's lost his sight or, or his hearing or whatever it may be. It's about the lost man. and It's about, is it thy desire to be saved by the marvelous grace of God? Because he told him to sin not unless you want something else to come into your life. Because he just flat out told him, listen, you go your way and sin not. But if you sin again, there's something worse could come upon you. And let me tell you something. Our old generations of past, they believed in that stuff so heartily, and don't nobody smirk at that because it was true. They believed if you crossed God in any way, or you did things and it wasn't in the will of God, and you didn't fear Him, that He would strike you down in everything that you'd done. They believed that wholeheartedly, just like them people in that pool. They believed if they could see that water stirred up, they believed this angel done that. I'm not saying they was or wouldn't. Something stirred that water up. Whether it did or didn't, it was their faith. And what was it? Jesus told them, your faith has made thee whole. Because of what was going on in his life. No different that if you accept Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior, and he touches your heart and he puts that conviction on you, only that Christ can do. Uh, when you know that, from the marvelous grace of God, if you know that, you can be saved. Yes, you can confess it with your mouth and believe in your heart, but you have got to have that true conviction to repent of your sins. And, and to live the life that, that Christ would, would request and have you to live because you've got to understand we're His children. Because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath, the Pharisees and the Jews and stuff, not a good thing. They believed that this man was evil. This man named Jesus. 
And you got to understand that they've tried so many ways to, to, to get something on this man named Jesus that they could deal something with him because he was just stirring up a, a, a whole commotion of stuff. You got to understand when, when that man took up his bed and walked that day, imagine that multitude of people when they seen that. Imagine that. That man didn't get down in the water, but yet he takes up his bed and he walks. How did that happen? What's going, what did this man see or do that we have not been able to do? You understand there were so many sick people there. And when it says multitude, they are many. Because I promise you, if you was one of those that were lame or sick or couldn't hear or couldn't see, and you had an opportunity to be at that pool when that water was stirred, I grant you, you would be there. So imagine the multitude of people that was there. The old crippled man didn't have a chance. Not a chance. He, he could have sat there along the edge of the pool if, it, if there's any way he could have done it and still couldn't beat the one that was able to get in there in enough time. Chris, the title of my message today is Common Denominator. We're going to look at this and we're going to see how all this is tied together. When the Jews asked that man who did this, they didn't know. So once, once he got up and walked, because there were so many people there, he wouldn't to be found. He didn't know who it was. And that, of course, aggravated the Jews because they wanted to put an end to this man that healed on the Sabbath. There was two things they tried to convict him of. Number one was healing on the Sabbath. That was... That just ranked right up where I'm on the yard on Sunday. And practicing your medical profession on the Sabbath because that was the two things they was trying to get Christ on. Sometimes we get caught up too much with our rituals. Standing in Jesus' shoes we were out here seeing somebody that had a need and was dying, would you stand by and watch him die and not help him? I said, I would dare not say no. Will we be as guilty as Christ was for doing something on the Sabbath? Yeah, in the eyes of the Jews we would be because they believed really in what they were going on. But here's something, the point I want to get to. And it says, it was he that healed, which not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away a multitude being in that place. But here in the 14th verse, I want you to see this. It says, afterward, Jesus findeth him. He found him in the temple. Found this man. Of course, if you're sitting there carrying your bed, you might not be hard to identify. Christ found him. And he said, Behold, thou art made whole. Your sins are forgiven. Sin no more. At least the worst thing coming to thee. Christ didn't make that statement too many times. He told the harlot, if you would, when the religious leaders had brought her to 
Christ because they were going to stone him per the law of Moses for her adulteress. They were going to stone that young lady for transgressions, her sin, for evilness. And I remember that part where he said, Christ knelt down and started writing in the sand with his finger. That's going to aggravate you, Clarence. <laughs> Start with. Don't say what he was writing. No. He's just like Charlie and Aiden. He was listening. And what do you do? And I'm paraphrasing, so help me out here. Those of you without sin, cast the first stone. They run like chickens in a storm. It says from the oldest to the youngest, they got out of there pretty quick, Brother Dean. And when they looked up, they were all gone. What did Jesus tell that adulteress? Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. He had cured that woman of her disease. A disease of being a whore, if you would, an adulteress. Knowing that she was living that life without out of the will of God, knowing that she wasn't supposed to be doing that, but Christ forgave her of her sins. Go and sin no more. In the ninth chapter of the book of John, he writes of a situation of the blind man. During this process, the disciples was with Christ. And they asked Christ, Father, who sinned? This lad or his parents? This young man had been blind from birth, Scotty. That ought to give you an explanation, if you ever doubted it in your life at all, that, under, that when you are conceived in the womb, you can sin. You can. And if you can sin, that makes you a living thing. The disciples asked Jesus, who did this? Did, 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 this, did he sin or did his parents? Something, their belief was simply this. One of the two had to happen. What was it Christ told them? He told them this. Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest, in other words, revealed in Him. Christ told him, He said, listen, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day, and the night cometh when no man can work. Do you hear me, church? Night is coming. Therefore, be ready, because it's coming whether you like it or not. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But let me tell you something. If we continue to push our Heavenly Father out of this world that we call earth, we're going to see darkness. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Is it your light this morning? Jesus, they say, spit down on, in the ground, in the clay, and, 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 and make, rubbed that spit in, in the clay and rubbed it on this man's eyes. And I thought about, well, it must have been close to Tennessee because that's all we got around this part of the country anyway, just good old clay. He told him to go to the pool of Salaam and wash his eyes. That was just a, something to do. He didn't have to do that. 
but he directed him to do that. How's the story go? He did that, and the scales were moved from his eyes, and he was, and the man could see. Along came the good old Jews. Aggravated about this man that worked his magic, if you would, on the Sabbath. So they drilled this blind man. Who who did this to? Who gave you sight? He said, I don't know. It's, 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 the only thing I know is this man named Jesus. I never seen him. But he told me what to do and I done it. Church, has Christ ever told you to do something and you bowed up and didn't do it? Yes, you have. I have too. When Christ tells you to do something, if you are obedient in doing what He requests from you, if you do that, He will bless you. The blind man was obedient in doing what Christ said, went and washed his eyes, and immediately became he got his sight back, but not enough time to see who it was. So what's a common denominator here? Jesus. Remember when I told you the crippled man when I told you that he went and findeth him in the temple? Because of what that man had done and denied, they cast him out of the temple, which was in those days the livelihood of, of mankind. If you got asked out of the temple, your life, you had a struggle on you. The temple provided whatever your need was. And that was what was driving a lot was going on with this man. Because he knew that if he got so arrogant, if you would, then he'd be ousted out of the temple. And they kept on asking him, kept on asking him until he got so aggravated. He said, listen, you just wouldn't believe me when I've told you the time before. Uh, would you want me to tell you again who this man was? All I know is simply this. He said, since the world began, it was not heard of any man that opened the eyes of that one was born blind. As the world began, anybody that was born blind, nobody has ever had their sight. Nobody has ever had their sight. So if a man were not of God, he could do nothing. So they sanctioned him and said, Thou hast altogether born in sins. And dost thou teach us? Oh, he was mad. You going to sit there and try to teach us of who God is? When I teach you, so he cast him out of the temple. Jesus heard they had cast him out. And he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talked to him. Jesus searched this man out because he was outside the temple and assured that man simply this, If you believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you can be healed. If you put your trust and faith in Jesus, you can be healed. Of any infirmities that you have in your life, from your weakness in faith, 
from your lack of prayer, from your love of your brothers and sisters, from your neglect, from your disobedience, and from everything that goes on in our life every single day of our life that we don't even see with these carnal eyes because we go through it so much, church, it's become a second doing for us. And we don't see it when we do it. I've said many times, and I've heard many pastors and preachers and many God's people say this, we fall short of God's glory every day. We sin and fall short every day. Are you hearing me? Every day. But most of the time, we don't see it. We neglect to talk to God. We neglect to pray. We neglect to read His Word. Why is that? It's not because you don't believe. Does Jesus need to find you? Is that what He has to do to His church today? I ain't talking about this church. I mean the church. Is that what's got to happen in our church today? Does Jesus have to seek us out and find us? In our days of worship, you've heard the whole saying, there are so many church members is going to bust hell wide open. Ain't that awful? But you know something? There's truth in that. And why is that, Carolyn? Because they've not been saved. They think they have, but they've not. They've not fell under conviction. They've not repented. And they don't incorporate Christ into their life. Woman at the well, and I'll cancel, I'll close here in a minute. Sinner, or sinneress, I guess, was that what you call her, a sinneress? She waited till noon to go to Jacob's well to draw water because of her infirmities. Oh, she had four or five husbands, the scripture writes. She got to the well, this old Jew fellow was there. Thinking, Lord, what's he doing here? You don't, we don't have no doings with each other, the Jews and Samaritans. Uh, uh, the Jews dislike us because of how we turned to the Gentile world years and years ago, how we neglected the Jews. So uh, the, Samar- the Jews hate the Samaritans. But this is a special Jew. This man named Jesus. And he asked her, said this if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee give me a drink thou wouldst have asked of him and he would have given thee living water living water water that you'll never thirst again now I'm not a water drinker I know most of you here in the church probably are. You just drink water, you just walk around with a bottle of water in your hand like it's some sort of ritual. I, I don't know. I'd do that with coffee, you know. But the water Christ was telling her about was something special. Something that could make her whole. And she'd never thirst again. And not only would it do that, it, it could forgive her of her transgressions of the life that she was living, knowing that she thought she was the only one that knew her past, but little did she know the man standing in front of her at that well, at that very day, was there to save that lady. 
just like he was at the pool when that crippled man was there? Do you wish to be made whole? There was Jesus. Common denominator in our everyday walk of life. No matter what we do, church, in our everyday walk of life, whatever we, whatever our daily activities are, our habits or, or, or rituals or whatever it is that we do, uh, if you've got Christ incorporated in all that, you're going to have a better relationship with our Heavenly Father. If you don't, you won't. Imagine having a girlfriend and not having a relationship with her. Just her existing. Or a boyfriend. Yeah, so-and-so's my boyfriend. Well, do you have a relationship? No, I don't really like him, to be honest with you. Even boyfriend. Understand what I'm trying to say. Without the relationship, there's nothing. If you're a so-called Christian here today, or if you belong in this world, if you have, if you claim to have a relationship with Christ and you don't show it, what does it mean? us. God loves you. If you want to be made whole, ask Him. If you want to know what the gift of God is, ask Him. How's the Scripture go? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Let's stand, shall we? Every story that we talked about this morning is, in a lot of people's mind, is unbelievable. The world don't believe it. You know, that would drink right up there with, with the fairy tale that you would read your child one night. That's how they look at it, Brother Dean. But to us, it's stories about our Heavenly Father and how we can come to know Him through the Word that's penned through the Holy Scriptures. Without that, we have no relationship with Christ. We have got to incorporate that with our walk with Christ. Because if not, man, you are cheating yourself. The relationship that you claim to have with whatever partner that you have, male or female, don't exist. That is a furry tale. So what's a common denominator of all of these? Jesus. And that's all we need to know at the end of the day. If you put your trust and faith in Him, you can be like the blind man or the lame man or the woman that had an opportunity in her life to never thirst again. And ain't this what this is all about at the end of the day? Listen, we don't, we come here for many reasons because we love each other and we want to go stronger in our faith and uh, stronger in our knowledge and we just love spending time with us misfit. We love that. Every once in a while, we're going to pick up on something and we're going to learn a little something. And who knows, one of these days, our Heavenly Father may touch a little feller's heart one day. And He'll say, it's time. Answer my call. Do you want to be made whole? What's your answer going to be? What's your answer going to be?